God, for this day that you have made. And God, we shall, we will rejoice and be glad in it. For God, this is the day of salvation. And we thank you, Father God, for all the souls all over this world. God, that's being saved right at this moment, right at this time, God. We give you glory, God. Send your labors out, God. For the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And I thank you for sending them out on this morning, God, in the name of Jesus. And God, I bind the hands of the enemy where he will blind the minds of the unbelievers on today, keeping them from believing this glorious gospel. God, I thank you, God, for strengthening those that are out there proclaiming this good news concerning your kingdom. I thank you for those that are out there, God, talking about the resurrection, God, of Jesus Christ, his death. God, I thank you, God, his burial and his resurrection, God, because we can do nothing, God, of ourselves. For he is divine and we are the branches. And God, we're dependent on the vine on this morning, God. So we thank you, God, for the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary. For the remissions of our sins. And God, the only thing we have to do today is accept what he's already done. Because it's already done, God. It is finished, God. And we just glorify you and magnify you. And God, we couldn't do what we do without the help of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit on this morning. Holy Spirit, be our comforter today. Lead us, guide us into all truth. Reveal unto us, Holy Spirit. Oh, remind us of the word that Jesus spoke unto us through the word of God. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in the midst of us today. And Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and who has died for me. Now, Father, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge in this place. I thank you that the eyes of our understanding today will be enlightened as we get into the word of truth, the word of God. I thank you that we will come to know, God, your love, the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of it, God. And I thank you and I praise you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank God for the word of God on this morning. And we thank God for all the mothers that are in the house. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want you to go with me to Genesis, the first chapter. And we want to talk about what the word of God has to say on today in the book of Genesis, the first chapter. Isn't God a good God? Isn't he worthy of glory and honor and praise on today? We could do nothing without him. So we thank God for what he's bringing forth today. And I want you to look with me at verse 26 through verse 28. Verse 26 through verse 28. We love on Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Verse 26 reads, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. 
male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. I want to talk about this morning a mother, a making of a mother, a making of a mother. You may be seated. Hallelujah. The making of a mother. And I'm going to start here in Genesis and I'm going to move on to let everyone know, even the mothers, how important you are and where it began. Amen. And I believe if we understand about a mother and which a mother is a female parent, and when we understand a mother's role and what a mother does, then we will be more appreciative of mothers. Some people are not appreciative of mothers because we have disrespect in the home, outside of the home. But mothers, when you know that you are appreciated foremost by God, you're not worrying about what others say or what others do or what they can do or would do because you're putting your trust in him. And we see in the beginning that God created male and female. He created both of them in his image. And after God had created them, he told them, he said, let them have dominion. What was this dominion about? It was about ruling the earth. And also he let them know that they were going to do it together. So we got to understand something. I'm going to talk to the men this morning. Sometimes we have a problem when it comes to a household thinking that men always boast. I'm the priest of this house. You got to listen to me. I have rule over you. I got something to tell you, men. It wasn't like that in the beginning. It became like that because of the fall. Women, y'all should be giving God glory. Because some of y'all been beat up with those words. Some of y'all ain't been able to be a part of the decision making because men think that they have rights to say and do what they want to do. But I'm going to bring some clarity in the house this morning. Amen. Some of them feel like they have right and they don't even do what they need to do as a man. I'm going somewhere this morning and we're going to understand how important it is to have a mother, but he created both of them, male and female, in his image. So that means that both of them were spirit beings. And he said, and God blessed them, and God said unto who? To them. He didn't only say it to man, he said it to the woman as well, as them being spiritual beings. He said, I'm giving both of you authority over this earth. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He said, I gave both of you authority over this earth. So women, you have a right to reign and rule over this earth. And some of y'all have been put down and let down. And some of y'all have been made to shut up and put up. But I'm here to tell you today, God said he has given you authority. And that authority, you have to use it rightfully, women. You cannot be a Jezebel either, understand? Because we can have some Jezebels that don't want to do what the word of God is telling them to do. But the part that he said to both of them, he said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth to do it and have dominion. Now, listen at this. He said, be fruitful and multiply. I'm going to go somewhere with this. Women, he said, be fruitful and multiply, but he did not say do it outside of marriage. I'm talking about the making of a mother. 
He did not say do it outside of marriage. See, this is where we get things messed up, toe up from the flow up. And this is what a making of a mother is. Because taking on the role of a mother, you had to get taught so you could teach your children. And if you were never taught the right way, that's why we have things out of order in the house of God and also outside the house of God. Because if you were not raised like you needed to be raised according to the word, you going to do it according to the world we have worldly women and then we have kingdom women and I'm going to tell you there's a fight between worldly women and kingdom women because worldly women think it's supposed to be done like this but kingdom women say no this is how God want it to be y'all better hear me this morning and see when we start out right we end right and I'm going to tell you something if you started off a worldly woman and you got children it's okay Because God can restore, God can replenish, and by you learning, you can help somebody else so they won't go in the path that you went in. Amen? So he gave both of them dominion. He said, subdue. When he said subdue, he said he wanted the whole earth to be subject unto them. He said, I want you to fill the earth. And when you fill the earth, I want you to subdue it. And I want you to have rule over it. Subdue is it has to come up under your uh, subjection. It has to come up under your rule. And I think we miss it because everything that's going on on the earth, we think this is how it's supposed to be. No. This is not how it's supposed to be. God has given you right. He has given you kingdom authority to rule and reign on this earth, male and female. And after he spoke this, y'all, God spoke it. He saw it. He said it was good, not only good, but God said it was very good. And one thing I like about God, and I want the women to be encouraged this morning, you're not by yourself. You may be in a house with a male, but you're not by yourself. Because if you know him as your Lord and as your Savior, and you have a relationship with him, it doesn't matter what's going on in your home. God will be there to give you everything that you need in order for you to stand to get through what you're going through. But we have to understand that after God spoke to both of them and said, I'm creating you in my image, which he's a spirit being, The only way we can worship him is in spirit and in truth. So the communication comes through the spirit. And after he said this, this is what he did. He took man, and I want you to understand that this man was named Adam, but it was both male and female in that one body. So he created man from the dust of the ground. And the Bible said that he blew breath into his nostrils and man became a living being. That means there was spirit, soul, and body. So that man was complete. That man had everything that he needed. So God placed him in that garden. He said, this is what I want you to do with what I have created. Y'all, God is so awesome. He He chose us to rule and reign over the earth. And he put us in paradise. He put us in the midst of what he had created. He said, I want you to rule and reign over what I have created. So when he did this, he told him what not to do. Now look at this. The way that he ruled and reigned over this garden, y'all, what not with physical hands. It was with words. 
He want God spoke the world into existence. He said, that's how I want you to keep it into existence because everything that I spoke into existence, when they hear my word, when it's out of order, when you begin to speak my word, it's going to bring life to my creation. I want y'all to hear me. Some of us are trying to do natural things to get things to work, but that's not how God created it to work. So you got to understand how God's creation work. When you understand how it worked, you will quit trying to work it yourself. You got to quit speaking death and you got to speak life because God is about life. He has come to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. That life that he has come to give us is eternal life. He wants all of us to have a life, life that exists throughout eternity. Now, after he done that, y'all know he told Adam, he said, I want you to name every animal, everything that I created. He gave Adam the right to call them by name. And by doing this, and this is what I love, after Adam done this, God saw that Adam was alone. Say, God got a plan for you. Say, man, you are not alone. God got a plan for you. He has that help me for you. And some men are saying, Lord, have mercy. (laughs) But anyway, God had a plan, y'all. And the plan that he had was already there with Adam. So what did he do? He put Adam to sleep. He took the rib from his side. And we know that's when Adam said, what? This is bone of my bone. This is flesh of my flesh. He recognized that he will leave father and mother and cleave to his wife, right? So they became one. Now, where am I going? Because I'm taking this somewhere. What I want you to understand in the making of a woman, you have to understand that, first of all, God gives you a husband. He did not allow Adam and Eve to come together to have children until they were married. This is God's plan, y'all. And the world is taking God's plan out of what God planned for it to be. And if we don't know what it is, and this is why I'm talking about the making of a mother. Mothers, you have to be raised up and you have to be taught in the way of the word. And if you are taught the way of the word, this is how you're going to teach your children. I was listening to um, this lady. She was talking on how when you raise your children up the right way. And by the way, women, it starts in the womb. It does not start when they come out. It starts in the womb, and this is why you got to be around and an environment. Even when you're carrying that child, you can't be in and out of clubs. You can't be doing foolish things because that child is feeding off of you. And fathers in the house, dads, you have to make sure that that woman, your wife, is always calm. You have to make sure that woman need is met while she's carrying that child. That's the time when the husband began to talk to the child. The mother began to talk to the child. They begin to read the word of God over the child. You don't wait till a child come out. You begin to do it while that child is in that womb. But before even this family start, you have to understand that God always have a mate for you. Now, I'm going back in this garden because I want you to understand, women, God is not going to give you a man that don't have nothing. God ain't going to give you a man that you got to be his mother. That you got to raise for the mama because the man wasn't never raised. 
Oh, I'm going to help you out this morning. See, everybody want to be married. Everybody want a man, but you better know what you're getting because you got to live with what you got. So quit talking about what you got because you wanted it. Now, I want to start right here in the garden. It's right here in the Garden of Eden. When God put Adam and Eve together, he did not put them together in lack. He didn't. He had everything done for both of them. See, this is something that we have to realize. Everybody want to go into marriage. Oh, we're going to make it. Oh, we ain't going to always live like this. Oh, we trust God. (laughs) Right. See, this is what I'm letting you know. The garden was ready. They had everything that they needed to be in this garden. Everything that they needed to come together was already there. Understand this. Before God even gave Eve to Adam, Eve was already in Adam. Both of them were already in the garden before he even gave Eve to Adam. I want y'all to see this. Both of them already had what they needed before God took Eve out of, y'all better hear what I'm saying. Before God took Eve out of Adam, both of them had a stable environment. Both of them had a relationship with God. Ask your neighbor, do you have a relationship with God? If you don't have no relationship with God, you don't need to be thinking about having none with nobody else. Because you're going to have some things that's going to go on in your life. Men, you're going to want another woman. Women, you're going to want another man because it's more to look at. You better get a relationship. So they had everything that they needed. God didn't only tell Adam to keep the garden. And guard it. He told Eve because Eve was already in Adam. Come on, go look at your Hebrew. Eve was already in that one body. God just took her out when it was time. Come on, y'all moving too fast. You're looking at everybody else, but you don't know what they're going through. Some of you looking at them, you know the story, but you ain't seeing no glory either. Because everything that looked good ain't good. Everything that blow in your ear ain't good. Everything that look like they shape this way and that way ain't good. Everything that's driving a nice car, it ain't their car. Everything that's wearing nice suits, it ain't their suits. They had to borrow the suit. That's why you need a relationship. Everything that tell you I love you, they don't know love. Not unless they know God's love. The only true love is his love. That's why you don't want to connect with somebody in the world. You want to connect with somebody that know God so they can have a relationship, so they can love you like Christ loved the church. Oh, he loves me. But soon as you get fat, what happened to love? Love don't look at fatness. It don't look at when you're down. Love pick you up. Love help you to eat the right way. Love encourages you. Love don't tell you if you don't lose weight, I'm going to leave you. And he looking like a blimp. Come on, somebody. See, a man will put you down because they ain't satisfied with themselves. But when you know who you are in him, you ain't worried about what man say, women. That's why you wait on your mate. If you can't encourage yourself in the Lord, he's certainly going to do it 
somebody. Hmm. Still in the beginning. So God created a home. You may live in a house, but it may not be a home. Because when you really live in a home, come on, there's love. And there's God's kind of love. And through that love, you're going to have the joy and the peace. You're going to have the fruit of the spirit. So whatever goes wrong in that home, you come together in him, not in your feelings. Come on, marriage don't feel good sometimes. Don't look good sometimes. But when you know him, you can come out of self and live like the word tell you to live. So we see that he gave them what they needed. There was no lack. I want to tell you, women, you got to get yourself established before you depend on any man to take care of you. If you can't take care of you, don't depend on a man to take care of you. That's why it's a making of a mother. And what God is saying, that making of the mother have to start with teaching. The first thing a child need to be taught is concerning Jesus. It's concerning the kingdom of God. And I'm reminded of this story. It was a little girl. She was in kindergarten. And this little girl was taught the things of God. It's a true story. She was taught the word of God. Her mom always encouraged her. She always told her good things about herself. And one day this little girl ran up on a little boy. And the little boy looked at her and he said, you ugly. And the little girl looked at him. She said, no, I am fearfully And I am wonderfully made. And everything that God created is good. And I'm one of those good things. I'm going to tell you mothers. When you raise your child that way. When somebody wants them to think opposite of what you raise. They can't do it. Because they recognize who they are. They're not waiting on no man. They're not waiting on nobody to say you sure are pretty. They know who they are. And they ain't trying to be stuck on themselves. That's why this is what a mother does. A mother encourages her children through the word of God. Y'all know when they left out of Egypt, they were, that was the world. But God told them, I want you to teach your children what I have taught you. I want you to teach them these teachings when they rise up throughout the day and when they lay, lay down. Why? God wanted all of them to have the same teaching. And this is why we have children that are worldly and children that are part of the kingdom. Now, don't get me wrong. The Bible says to train up a child in the way that he or she may go. When they get old, they what? They will not depart. But guess what? Some of them do. But they come back to what they learned. This is why you cannot wait till a child get a teenager and start talking about Jesus. Because all of that stuff that they build in them through the years, come on, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. This is why from the womb, you got to begin to speak to your children. And I hear somebody say, well, what if nobody ain't never spoke to me? How can I speak to my children? I want to tell you something. God always have a plan. God always have a way of doing things outside of the way we think that they should be done. And women, some of us were raised in godly homes and we still teach our children worldly values. 
That's not right. That's not the way God wanted it to be. So the making of a mother, first of all, is that mother has to be taught herself. She has to be taught those kingdom principles. And as she taught, as she's taught, she could teach her children. But then once those children are taught and the girls and the men, they're not going to just jump in and marry anybody or anything. Because that's not the way that they were taught. They were taught according to the word of God. They were taught not to be selfish. They were taught to be loving. They were taught on how to maintain. You, women are grabbing men because they're not satisfied with themselves. And because they see everybody else with a man, they think they need a man. They look around, see people holding hands, kissing, and all lovey-dovey. And then you say, I'm tired of being alone. But if you knew what the word of God said, he said, I'll never leave you, nor shall I forsake you, but I will be with you even until what? The end. So God is telling you today in those lonely times when you feel like you need what somebody else have, just reach out and begin to call on him. He will comfort you. Women, the ones that are married, sometimes you feel like you're still alone and got a husband in your house. Because your husband don't know how to love you because the man ain't never been loved. See, until that man develop his relationship with God, he can't love you like Christ loved the church. So I want to ask you women this morning, why are you mad at that man and you say you should know what the word of God is saying? So I'm going somewhere. So we see that a mother is made. The making of a mother. It does not happen overnight, y'all. Because if you go back through your childhood, and I'm going to go back through mine. When my mother died, I was young. Between the ages of two and three, one of them. Which one was it, Daddy? <laughs> it, was, it was one of them. And I remember, I, I think back, dealing with my dad sitting over here. And I believe it was 23 that he was when he had two girls with no mother. Can you imagine a 23-year-old with two girls with no mother? But God had a plan. Not only for his life, but for our lives. And in that plan, you know, daddy ended up getting married again. But in that plan, God knew the plan he had for me. He knew the plan he had for my sister. And the plan that he had for us was for us to be raised by our grandparents, which was his mother and father. They were godly grandparents. I mean, they were godly, they were loving, but they did not let you do any and everything in their house. They brought you up according to the word of God. They told you what the word of God would have to say unto you, whether you accepted the word or not. And one thing that I loved about this household, I knew that they could not replace what I was missing. Because anybody with a mother, a mother can do certain things that even though somebody else is a mother, they cannot do the same thing. So it was still a void in my life, but it was not because I was not loved in that house. And daddy did what daddy can do, but how many know he can't do like a mother can do? Nobody can do like your mother, but my grandmother, she was there to help me. And the thing that she always showed me, she showed me how to cook. She showed me how to clean. And as I watched her lifestyle and I watched my grandfather's lifestyle, it was such a loving lifestyle. They made sure that you had what you needed, not what you want. And I don't know if Pleasant and Steve remember this. I remember on Sundays, y'all, this is what grandma used to cook all the time. She used to cook steak and eggs and 
nice stuff on Sunday morning. I'm like, Grandma, I want some Cap Crunch sometime. And didn't know what we had. We didn't know that we was living high on the hog, as they say. We, we had big meals on Sunday morning. And I'm saying to myself, it got, come on, give us some spaghetti. And thank God for Aunt Shirley. She introduced us to spaghetti. And you give Granddaddy some spaghetti. He said, what's this mess? Because he wasn't used to spaghetti. But we had to have spaghetti. And Shirley would give us a nice salad on the side. And Aunt Shirley was there. And I call her Shirley. And she was like a mother and a sister. So she was there to help as much as she could. And y'all, she did help. And one thing I remember about this lady being a mother, she had a son, which was Steve. She tried to do hair the best she could. So when she done hair, she cut off your circulation because she would put these horns on your head. And long as they were tight, they looked it right. I'm telling you, she was a good mother. She did the best she could do. So I thank God for what she done. But guess what? She wasn't my mother. But through the years, I watched grandmother. She was sitting in the house and granddaddy would be in the field. And as he was in the field, grandmama would be in there preparing the meal, cleaning the house, doing what she would do. And when it was time for granddaddy to eat, he didn't have to worry about when it was going to be ready. Because grandmama would open the door and say, Arthur, Arthur. I'm like, huh? Arthur, it's time to eat. So granddaddy would come in there. And I'm telling y'all about a home. Granddaddy would come in there and he'll be sitting down and he'd have the cloth on his head where he would keep um, the heat from hitting his head. And he said, Louise, I almost monkeyed out there. I said, the monkey got granddaddy's head. And I would just laugh because I never knew those terms, but this is the way they talked and got along. And I remember that grandmama would have his food on the table. Whatever he needed to drink, grandma was there waiting on him. And I want to tell you something, women. She done it with joy. She didn't just swing the plate on the table and say, here. She didn't do it. She done it with love. She done it with joy. She didn't have a problem. Why? Because she was a godly woman. She knew what it took to be a mother and a wife. But first she had to be a wife before she could be a mother. And as she did this for granddaddy, I'll never forget that granddaddy was always the type. He made sure everybody ate. I don't care who would come into his home. He made sure, make sure they eat after service. Amanda, prepare the table. I was mad, y'all. I said, why don't people got to eat every time they come to service? So one day, I took a pot of beans and added more water. And granddaddy said, she done that for me, Miss Essam. I sure did. Maybe they won't come back, but they did. So what I'm telling you is, even outside of what we did, granddaddy still showed us the love. He still showed us how he was the man in the home. My grandmother was the woman of the home, but they worked together to maintain that home. It takes a togetherness, y'all, to maintain a home. And one thing that I can understand with them raising me, I never heard granddaddy put grandmother down. I never heard grandmama put granddaddy down. I never heard her tell him he was a loser, telling him he wasn't I never heard none of this. Only thing I saw was their love for one another. When grandmother was down, granddaddy would always build her up. He would all, and one thing I, I can tell y'all this, it was so funny because getting back to this, fruit punch. Pleasant Steve, I know y'all know the fruit punch, especially Steve right there. Granddaddy would take Steve in the store and he said, look, I want you to go in there and get that fruit punch. We got so tired of grape and, and cherry fruit punch. I said, I want some.
realize this. Now, we did taste Coke, but we sipped from the same bottle granddaddy had. He would say, open your mouth now. And everybody got a taste of the Coke. And those were things that brought love in the home. And when you will come to granddaddy's house, he would always say this, and daddy can witness this. Don't start fussing and carrying on in his house. He would come and say, you got a home? Yeah, daddy, you know I got a home. Go to it. He will never let disruption be in his home. He will never let anything be out of order in his home. And don't disrespect his wife. Don't you disrespect his wife because he will stand up for his wife. She will stand up for her husband. And one thing about that little woman in statue, don't let her hear that her children is getting out of order because she will take her little cane. She will come to your house and tell you what she heard and say, I'll beat you with this cane upside your head because this is not how you were raised. She will make sure her children stayed in order. She will make sure that they were doing according to the word. And I'll never forget this. When grandmother was sick, she called me in the room and she said, Amanda, I want you to promise me something. I said, Grandmama, I don't know if I can promise you that. She said, I want you to promise me that before I leave this world, you get saved. I said, Grandma, I can't make that promise. And I I told her that because I didn't want to lie to her at that time. But I'm here to tell you today, the woman that I am is because of godly grandparents. It's because they taught me how to work. Y'all, I was in a field at a young age canning tomatoes, cooking food at 11 years old. Grandma teaching me how to make biscuits. Of course, they didn't look like hers. And I remember the first set of biscuits that I made. I was so proud and I fixed granddaddy's plate and gave him his plate and Granddaddy held up the biscuit, and Granddaddy said, who made these heart attacks? I said, what? <laughs> and he would sit there and laugh. I said, well, Granddaddy, I've done the best I could. You will do better next time. I said, okay, Granddaddy. So it was so much love in that home, and he would just sit there. When you sitting there and you thinking he's sleep, he'll say, I'm not sleeping. Then he'll start talking the Bible. And I'm like, every time you sit down, he's talking the word. But he would do it to let us know how quick and how powerful the word of God is. And that's all I heard. And even when I done stuff outside of what I was taught, he never ridiculed me. And I remember grandmother would say, Arthur, make these girls go to church. He said, Louise, he said, what's the point of them being over there if it ain't in their heart? And she would say, Arthur, make these girls wear some dresses to church. He said, Louise, God ain't coming back for the clothes. He said, God is coming back for those that are pure in heart. He never put us down. He never made us do something outside of what we didn't want to do. But yes, we showed up, but we were not there. And granddaddy knew that, but he would always, I remember I would go places with him and I would see him by the beds of, of uh, people that were dying and granddaddy be singing and he'd be giving the word and, and I'd be in the other room saying, won't he come on? He's always talking, but that was his way. He was showing me that love. He was showing me the way of the father. Grandmother was showing me how to be a woman before I became a woman. They was telling you how you had to get up out of the bed early, how you had to work. He was showing us what work really was, starting in the garden, starting in the blueberry field. And when grandmama sent you to the blueberry field, you did not come back until you met the quota she told you to meet. 
So me and my sister had to have 22 trays before we came home. And guess what? We had them. And when we had those trays, they taught us how to buy our clothes and do things of that nature. But I remember when I got my license and Granetti told us, he said, I'm going to give you a car. I said, all right, Granetti. He said, but the car I'm giving you is tore up. You got to fix it. I'm like, what you giving it to us for, Granetti? We got to fix it. Me and my sister went into Blueberry Field, and we made money and fixed that car. And that was the best car we had. And the thing was, Granddaddy filled it up for us the first day. He let us drive it. We come back two days later. And he said, let me hold your car. It was on E. He said, how in the world are you riding Burgall and you on E? And he would go fill it up again. He would fuss, but he would fill it up. He was there um, to help us, to raise us. Not that my daddy was not in the picture, but God had the plan and the purpose for us at that time. And I have to tell you about my daddy here. I'm going to tell you about the raising I remember with daddy and how he was a good father and he was taking the place of a mother. And I know daddy remember this. Daddy used to play the numbers. The man used to come to the house for daddy to play the numbers. So I was in the house and all of a sudden when the man was telling daddy about the numbers, I said, I want to play that. Daddy said, it's your last time coming to my house. Don't come up in here no more. <laughs> so he was a good daddy. He made sure even though he was wrong, he was making sure I wasn't going to turn out wrong. Y'all, I'm telling you something. So even when you have ungodly parents, they were raised the right way and they didn't want their kids to go. Y'all, I'm telling you, they did not want their kids to go that way. So we had a good upbringing. But let me tell you something. During that good upbringing, when I started out young, I was in my granddaddy's house helping grandmother, granddaddy, left their house, went to daddy's house, left daddy's house, then went to my husband's house. So I was in three houses. But guess what? Everything that I've done took me to where I am today. So what am I telling you? There is a making of a mother. And you got to have a good woman that know how to be a mother to raise you how to be a mother. Some of us are trying to be mothers and don't know what a mother is. We have not walked in a mother's shoes to really know what a mother is. See, I got the opportunity to watch a good mother which was my grandmother. This mother, grandmother, took on other children in her house. She made sure that grandchildren had what they needed. She was always a giver outside of how she felt. She made sure everybody had what they needed. And granddaddy um, worked alongside of her. Now, this is where I'm going, that everybody go every Mother's Day. Proverbs 31. And I want to break that down to you. To let you understand how this come about. This was a king. And this king wrote this because this is how he was taught by his mother. These were words of wisdom that his mother gave him because when it was time for him to have a wife. See, men, I want you to understand something. Listen to your mothers. Now, if they lose, you in trouble. I'm being honest. If they're loose and they're all out there, you're in trouble. They can't tell you nothing. Because this is what they say. Don't do what I do, do what I say. That's out of order. But this man here had a godly mother. And he began, she began to describe to him what a virtuous woman should be. Oh, I love it. And I pray that as I go over all of this, men that are in the room that are not married... 
or men that are already married, please don't put down your wife if she don't meet none of this. Just pray for her. Encourage her. Uplift her because you got her now. And women, when I go over this list, don't look at it like you're nothing. Yes, you are. Because everything God made is good. You may not have gotten here yet, but it ain't too late. Because if you have a relationship with him, you can get here. Amen. I want to start off with verse 10. The verse 10 says, who can find a virtuous woman? This is what he was saying about a virtuous woman. This is a woman of noble character. This is a woman that is about her father's business. Now listen at this. Who can find a virtuous woman? He didn't say they were not out there, but they are rare. That's what he was saying. For her price is far above rubies. Men, if you have a virtuous woman, if you have a woman of noble character, this means the value of a virtuous woman is far greater than riches, than rubies. If you have a virtuous woman, a woman of noble character, you have to understand that's better than riches. And then this is the thing here. And it says here, I look at Ruth in the book of Ruth. Y'all know how she left her country. She went with Naomi, her mother-in-law. She gave up her life and she showed kindness to her mother-in-law. That's how she found her Boaz. Everybody, um, looked at Ruth as being a virtuous woman. It's in Ruth 3.11. They called her a virtuous woman. Boaz said, everybody know that you're a virtuous woman. Who wouldn't want a woman like that? Who wouldn't want a woman of noble character? I'm going to tell you something. Men, wait on your wife. Because the reason why you got to wait on your wife and, and wait on laying with women to get children early. Because this is why homes are tore up. People are having children out of wedlock. Then they decide they don't want to be together. They go somewhere else and have another child. They decide they don't want to be in that. Then they go somewhere else and have another child. Then that child is in a broken home and don't really know what love is. Don't know who to call mama. Don't know who to call daddy because the daddy got another woman. The daddy said, that's your mama. And then the mama got another husband or friend. That's your daddy. So the baby is confused and everybody thinks they got a mental problem. It's because the parents confused them. And then the mama sneaking men in to the house thinking that the children don't know it. Then the children say, mama, who's that man? Oh, by the way, that's your daddy. The child is confused. This is why God had order dealing with family. He have order. That's why you wait on who you marry because your kids are affected by what you do. And we got so many kids that are affected by what we do that... Kids look at it like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Because they watch the pattern of the parents. So we see here that it says, who can find a virtuous woman? And it goes on to say, for her price is far above rubies. And listen at this, verse 11 and 12. It says, the heart of her husband safely trusts in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. Y'all know what that means? When a man finds a virtuous woman a woman of noble character, he can trust that woman because he know her character. He don't have to have a private eye spying on her. He don't have to worry about where she's at at all times because he trusts her, because he's content with her, because she satisfies him, because she meets his needs. So he have confidence and security in her that I don't have to worry about where she's at 
or, or what's going on with her. Because I have a virtuous woman. This woman don't dress any kind of way to provoke men. She ain't loosely always turning around and a man seeing her over there and a man saying, hey, how you doing? My name is so-and-so. He don't have to worry about all of that because he know who she is. He know her character. Any woman that gets with a man outside of her husband having telephone conversation is loose. You do not meet a man outside of your husband. You do not dress provocatively to look good just to get men to look at you. That man can't trust you. That husband can't trust you. A man should not tell a woman how to dress. A virtuous woman ain't going to leave the house looking crooked, looking shabby. They're going to be a virtuous woman. They got noble character. A man shouldn't have to say, where are you going with that on? I'm grown. See, that's who you married. Well, baby, don't you think that's too tight for who? That ain't noble character. She's going to know how to dress. She's going to know how to carry herself. She's going to know what's right. She's going to know what's wrong. That husband ain't going to have to tell her, well, who's that you talking to? Oh, that was my cousin. I ain't never met him and you ain't going to never meet him. That ain't no noble woman. That ain't no woman of good character because she respects her husband. She don't introduce herself. She introduced the both of them. Uh-oh, we going somewhere. I'm talking about Proverbs 31 for y'all. The one that everybody talk about every Mother's Day or describe a virtuous woman. When I get through, people going to wonder. Just stay for the conclusion. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Do y'all hear that? A virtuous woman. She's going to do that man good and not evil. We got women out here that's waiting on their man to die. Or speaking death on them before they die. Or trying to make them look bad in front of the family. In front of his family. Or in front of her family. Oh, he ain't no good, that no good rascal. The Bible said that she don't do him evil all the days of her life. Do y'all know what all mean? That mean when you get married, you are married for life. That's why you need to think about having these Cinderella weddings and all of this stuff and looking good because everybody else look good trying to find a man. So this is what it's saying here, that she's going to do him good and not evil. Men, hold your seat. Let me read some more attributes. I have to read this. I had to write these out to let you know. Always dress tastefully and modestly. Never wear anything that is suggesting or revealing. Always behave appropriately around other men. Be extremely careful never to say or do anything that could uh, begin in flirting. Avoid carrying on long personal conversation with other men. Do not have any contact with other men that could interrupt as questionable or out of place. Do not playfully discuss other men with your friends. Never complain about your husband to others, not even to close friends or family members. Ooh, we just messed up. That's a virtuous woman. Whatever go on in her house stays in her house. Just because this man is like he is, it ain't for you to go tell everybody if you're a virtuous woman. Uh Uh-oh, we're getting quiet, thank God for my angels. 
I ain't preaching nothing that I don't know about. And if any of this hit me, just, you know, look at them. <laughs> Listen at this, y'all. So this is what she do. That's verse 11 and 12. She makes him content. She meet his needs, 11 and 12. Now listen at what she do. She manage her household well. This is verse 13 through 16. And it says, she seek wool and flex and work willingly with her hands. She's like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. That means that this woman makes sure that her family is clothed. Make sure that food is in the house. Uh Uh-oh. She she makes sure that her family has what they need. She makes sure food in the house. She don't sit there and lay on her behind. And when the husband come in and she say, by the way, when you going to get some food up in here? And she watching as the stomach turns. That ain't no virtuous woman. And I want to talk to the men up in here that walk up in your house, your wife on the couch, dishes in the sink, bed ain't made up. That ain't no virtuous woman. And it surely ain't a godly woman because if she was, everything be in order. Oh, I'm going to get to the part where they say, well, what if I work all day? What if you do? No excuse. Men right now smiling. (laughs) Father's Day is coming. Come back for Father's Day. Hallelujah. So look what she does. Listen at this, y'all. So she makes your food in the house. When she makes your foods in the house, she rises a while early. It is yet night and give meat to her household and portions to her maid. Guess what that means? She cooked breakfast. She get up early. She don't send the children or the husband out. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Jeremy, Jeremy and Ari know this. He know this too. Sometime I would rise early and give you maybe some breakfast, right? Or cook it. But I always bought everybody cereal they like. I said, just go in there and get you some cereal, pour the milk. That was early enough for you to eat, wasn't it, honey? I did it. I did it, but they had what they needed to eat. Can I get an amen, Jeremy Y'all did not go hungry. But I remember one morning, this Jeremy James Bryant Jolly Green Giant back there. I never forget. He was about yay high. I had to make sure Jeremy got off the school, and I will always say, and I know Jeremy remember this day, Jeremy, are you hungry? Because I would get up early to make sure my child had what he needed. Jeremy, are you hungry? No, mommy. I'm not hungry. I said, okay, we're going to get there early. No, mommy, I'm not hungry. Jeremy, are you hungry? No, mommy, I'm not hungry. We got ready to walk out. Mama, I'm hungry. I said, what did I ask you, boy? Next thing I know, I did him like this. What did I ask you, boy? I wasn't saved then, y'all, but I was trying to shake some sense. I figured that if I shook him, he would understand we got to leave, you know? My baby, we got to the school. By the way, yes, I was saved, because I remember. We got to the school, and, I, and Jeremy was crying. My baby was crying. I felt so bad. So I stopped, and I said, Jeremy, mommy was wrong. I should not have did that. That was wrong, Jeremy. Forgive me. My baby got out of the car. He said, but you shook me. <laughs> I felt so bad the whole day. The whole day, I'm telling you, it's a making of a mother. And that boy, he was my making. 
I ain't lying, he was my making. Every time you turned around, he was my making. Y'all better thank God for this pastor y'all have today because of that boy sitting back there. I ain't lying, God made me through him. Mothers, you are being made through your kids to be what God has created you to be. So they rise up early and cook breakfast. Me and y'all going to go back to Proverbs 31 and some of you might ask me about it. So they rise up early. That's verse 13 to verse 15. And look at this. She consider a field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hand. She plant a vineyard. Y'all know what that is? What this woman does, she works as well. She take her money that she has and she supplies for the home. You got some women right up in here today that got this man working two jobs. And they're taking their money and doing what they want to do with it and telling the husband, that's my money. You took me from my mama and daddy house, so you got to take care of me. There ain't no Proverbs 31. Don't even consider that being a Proverbs 31. Because when you get married, it's no longer yours, people. Y'all are one. Whatever she bring in that house and whatever he bring in that house is for the household. It is not for you to determine what belongs to you. Oh, some of you men right now want me to shut up. Now, I do understand if you got a loose woman, men, hold on to your money. Because if they that loose, they're giving it to somebody else. You cannot give a loose woman no money because that loose woman will take that money and share it with another man. Or share it with their parents. And then tell you they need more money. I work hard for my money. And you don't tell me what I'm doing with my money. But the light's getting ready to get cut off. And you telling that husband, you better get those light, that light bill paid. That's what it means in this verse. Let's go on. She's hardworking. Verse 17 through 18. She's hardworking through 19. And listen at this. She scratched out her hands to the poor. She reaches forth her hands to the needy. That's verse 20. A virtuous woman is going to help the poor. She's going to help the needy. She's going to look in her house and see, what do I have that I can help somebody else with? That's a virtuous woman. Another thing, verse 21. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. This means that a virtuous woman is not going to wait till wintertime and try to decide what the family is going to wear. She prepares for the winter, just like an ant. An ant, while everybody is being slow for that ant is preparing for what's coming next. This is what a virtuous woman do. She don't wait until winter come. She be looking and pursuing to see what she can get before winter come as far as the clothing for the family. A virtuous woman don't only look out for her clothes. She look out for the whole household. She don't get her nothing before she makes sure that her household is taken care of. I remember, um, and no, I can say this. You have some women that will dress, weave, nails, nice clothes, feet, pedicures, and the children with snotty nose, hair all knotty, look like they've thrown away, and they're walking behind the mother, and there she is with a Michael cord and high heels and eyelashes and all of this and makeup looking good, and the child don't look like they belong to nobody. And then she's taking the checks that she's getting from the boyfriend, and she's using it on herself, and the child is going from house to house saying, I'm hungry. 
Men, some of y'all got some of them women. Some of you been with some of those women. Any woman that does not consider their children, you think they're going to consider you? Duh. After a while, you're going to be looking like the churn. Throw it away. Needing help. Shall we go on? Listen at this. Verse 22. Now, after she provides for her household, guess what a virtuous woman does? She makes herself coverings of tapestry for clothing in silk and purple. Guess why she do this? She makes herself look attractive to her husband. Not to other men, but she make herself look good for her husband. That means that she don't walk around looking like a hag. No underclothes. You know, everything loosely for an old nightgown. And you don't like it? Lump it. This is just who I am. Holes all in night clothes and rollers all in her hair and all this stuff going on and face not washed and stinking and, and then expect the husband to love on her. Y'all know what I mean. Before the marriage, it was the eyelashes. It was looking good. The man wake up and thought he saw a horror show. He starts screaming and hollering because that's not the woman I married, but that's what you got. So a virtuous woman going to make herself look good at all times to let her husband know that she is a virtuous woman, that she care about herself. You have some women that don't care about themselves no more. It is what it is. Y'all, I'm at verse 23. It says, a husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. Guess why the husband is known in the gates? Because the wife always talk about her good man. She always build her man up. This means that even if she makes more than her husband, she don't make him feel least. You got some women that career might be above the husband. She don't make that husband feel belittled like he don't have nothing. She encourages him. She let him know that you still my husband. You still the father of this home. She always encourage him. Men, if you got a wife that you working hard, you putting meat on the table, she ain't cooking, she ain't cleaning, and then she look at you and tell you that you ain't no, you a nobody, that ain't no virtuous woman. Y'all better know what you get before you get it. We're talking about a virtuous woman. So she builds her husband up. She don't put her husband down no matter what it looked like. She's always encouraging him. And the other men know that this is a virtuous woman because she encouraged her husband. She don't put him down. And then in verse 24, she maketh fine linen. This is the same thing, helps with incomes and income. Verse 25, strengthen and honor her clothing. She rejoiced in time to come. She opened her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. 25 and 26, I want you to understand, we talked about how she prepare her home and the things that she do, and they know she's a virtuous woman. All of this come from inside out. That's what 25 and 26 is talking about. It is inner beauty. When you got a woman that's complete, that's content, men, this is what I'm telling you. If you got a woman that's not complete and not content with themselves, then they're going to make you feel like you're not complete. So she got to be complete inside where it come outside. And that's 25 through verse 28, well, 27. Now, she looked well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread 
of idleness. This is what this is saying. She is a watchman on the wall. This is what a virtuous woman does. She's a watchman on the wall. Guess what she does? Her eyes is open on her husband's behalf. Her eyes is open on her children's behalf. How do I say this? A woman that watches, she see a flirtatious woman coming at the husband when the husband don't see it. Hello? The woman will say, stay away from her. She's loose. The husband will say, no, she's a church-going woman. Scratch that. She's loose as a goose. Stay away from that. And she would also be a watchman for her children. She will watch where her children go. She will watch who her children is with. And she will tell them, that's not the way to go. Don't walk in it. So she's always watching. I'll give you me how I was with um, Jeremy. My husband know what I know about the flirtatious woman. That's a nice man right there. That man, he's so nice. But I said, hold it. Stop right there. You better know what you're doing and what you're getting into. I'm telling you right there. Stop right there. Anyway, dealing with, with my kids. I'm going back to Jeremy James Bryant. A mother watches her children. When they're in the womb and when they come out. When Jeremy was little, I never let Jeremy stay with anyone. I would never, you know, he would go over daddy's house, over his grandmother's house, but rarely. And Jeremy would always say this, y'all. This was my son's excuse. Mama, I turned out the way I did because you never let me stay with nobody. No, let me tell you why he turned out like he did. It is not because he didn't have a good home and things were provided for him. See, when your children tap into worldly things, tap into other kids that tell them that they can't do this and they can't do that and they mama's boy and all of this, they're trying to turn them into something that they're not. So Jeremy got into crowds that he was turned into things that he was not. But guess what his mama done? See, a mama's gonna watch a child and a mama's gonna warn a child, so don't go over there, this right here could happen. You better stay here, boy. Anyway, this is what this mama done. I put a tracker on. Y'all know trackers on phones? I remember we put a tracker on Jeremy James Bryant's phone, and I called him. I said, Jeremy, where you at, boy? Well, my mom over here, I said, you're lying. You ain't over there, and you never was over there. How you know where I am at, mama, the Holy Ghost? I ain't tell him it was a Holy Ghost or no ghost. I just said, you are not in the place you're supposed to be in. So every time I would track him to see where he was, one time he was way over there on 421. I said, what you doing over there, boy? So finally one day he called me. He said, Mama, something ain't right with my phone. I said, baby, just bring it back to Mama. I'll fix it. I'll call Verizon myself and see what's going on. He figured it out. (laughs) Took the track off. So guess what? I had to become the tracker. (laughs) Mama was a bad mama. I'm telling you, y'all. Jeremy know his mom. I remember one day I asked him, where you at, Jeremy? I'm over so-and-so-and-so-and-so. He dating that little pretty girl sitting right there, Kawisha. Kawisha, where's Jeremy? He said, he'll be back. I said, he did. That's when little Yana was on the scene. I said, mm-hmm, he'll be back, huh? Yeah, he said he'd come right back. I said, okay. Where he say he going? I called him. Where you at, boy? I'm over so-and-so. I said, okay. I told my husband, I said, come on. Me and my husband was in agreement. I said, come on, let's go. I pulled up at these apartments. I said, so you're fixing the tire, huh? Yeah, mama, them fix the tire. I said, well, come out here. Jeremy, come out there shaking. I said, I'm going up in that house. 
And I'm going to see what's going on in that house because you two hours delayed. And you're supposed to be at my house. You got a daughter? That's your child and not mine. And you ain't leaving no woman in my house with no child. And you're supposed to be in the house. Is that so, baby? It wasn't long after Jeremy pulled in. What am I saying about a virtuous woman? They're going to take care of their kids. Sometimes kids don't understand. Sometimes, you know, we want to be friends with our kids. You know what I mean? We want to be friends and we want to say, well, how long are you going to be, baby? Just don't take too long. Mama be here waiting. No, oh. no, 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 no. I'm going to be your mother. We'll talk about friendship later. So this is what I did when it come to my children. But when kids get out of the way, it don't mean it's because of their upbringing. It's because who they have tied into. But we as mothers are watchmen. We tell those children what to look out for. This is why you have to raise them up so when things begin to happen in their life, they can remember, Mama told me that. But right now, we got babies raising babies. They don't know how to raise their own kids because they've never been raised. You got some of them that's so stubborn when you want to tell them how to raise them, they think you think you know everything. It ain't that you know everything. You done been there. You done done that. And you're trying to help them to be the mothers that they need to be at an early age. So a making of a mother. Oh, let me finish. I'm getting to the end. Guess why this woman can do all these things? It said her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also called her blessed and he praised her. Why did the children rise up and call her blessed? Because they know she's a virtuous mother. They know. Have you ever been in graduations where they're making speeches and they said, if it wasn't for my mother that done this or that for me, I wouldn't be where I am. They'll go back. Jeremy going to go back years later and say, I remember when my mama wouldn't let me get away with nothing. If I called her, she always said, what was my word, Jeremy? What was my word? No. <laughs> See, he forgot. Mama, every time I turn around, your word is no. So this is what Big J tried to do. Here go to daddy. Daddy, what your mama say, Jeremy? Because we always tried to stay on one accord. We made sure that in the household, they didn't see conflict between mother and father. See, that father has to be in agreement with that mother. That mother has to be in agreement with the father. That father has no right telling those children to do something after mother told them, no, don't do it. What they need to do is go to discuss the issue. If they have not come in agreement, you need to tell your kids, just stop right there. You just can't do it because we ain't in agreement with it. The father don't sit up there and tell those children this. No, go ahead and do it. They'll be all right. No. There was a time in me and my husband's life that things that the Lord was showing me even concerning Big J back there. I'll never forget this. I'm going to give you another example. My husband probably know where I'm going. Gloria was my son and your daughter. You remember that day? Never forget. They wanted to go out of town. My baby was in 11th grade. He was going out of town to visit this gal. I told my husband, no, he don't need to go. He a man. I trust him. He a man. I ain't, no, he ain't. He don't need to go. He'll be all right now to let him go. Okay. We going down market cruising. Get a 
call from a little Kia. Ma, hey Kia, what's going up? What's, what's, what's going on? Jeremy laying in the floor. Can't get him out. Believe he drunk too much. He won't move, Ma. Mitch, remember this. Same man that sent him had to go get him. When Kia told Jeremy, now Jeremy out like a light, right? When move. When Kia told Jeremy's daddy on the way, he popped up like Superman. <laughs> Jeremy popped up like uh, he was a fighter. When my husband got there, Jeremy was scared. Mm-hmm. Check this out. Mama knows, right? Because of the Holy Ghost. Got on the phone with the girl. I said, I'm going to ask you a question. What you doing with liquor in a dorm and know you don't supposed to have it? She said, no, I don't supposed to have all that because, you know, up in here, we can't have all that. I don't know where they got it. I said, they got it out your refrigerator. And don't you know because they got it out your refrigerator, if something had to happen, you would have been thrown out of school. Yes, ma'am, but it wasn't me. Guess what? After that occurrence, she dumped Jeremy. What am I saying? Mama watch over her kids. Things happen in our children's lives, and regardless of what happened, we're supposed to be there for them. We're supposed to love them. We don't supposed to throw them away. We're supposed to encourage them. We're supposed to allow them to grow. Amen? We allow them to grow by giving them godly wisdom. How does this virtuous woman get all of these attributes, all of these characteristics? This is the end of it. It says, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. A virtuous woman is virtuous because God is first, because she honors God. Women, when you honor God first and put him first and foremost in your life, you can live a life as a virtuous woman. And you don't have to try to live like nobody else. So the first thing of a making of a good woman is that woman is taught how to go from childhood to womanhood. And once she gets to womanhood, she's going to know what's acceptable and what's not because her mother taught her. She's going to know that it is the husband, God first, then it's the husband, then it's the children. Women, if you're putting your children before you put your husband, that's not godly. And I want to leave this with women who have married men that have children, of men that have married women that have children. This is a line that people use so much. Them ain't my kids. Well, that ain't your husband. Because if you married him, if you married her, you married the children, and they're just as much as yours as they are theirs. So don't play these games and you're supposed to be so holy than thou. I'm not a mother. Yes, you are. How can you take on the role of a... Mm, thank you, Holy Ghost. Some of y'all say you want to be spiritual mothers and can't even mother your husband kids. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You ain't no spiritual mother. You want to be a spiritual mother, but you don't want to be a natural mother. Treating the kids like you don't even know them. You had that child before I met you. Tell that mama don't call this house no more. Take the kids and go on over back over there. You married him. 
you married his kids. You married her, you married her kids. This is why if we start out right, there won't be broken homes. Kids living in broken homes because of where the parents started out from. I'm telling all you young folks in this room today, laying and rolling in the sheets may feel good for a moment, but when them babies pop out and you got to have pampers and formula and all this goody good stuff, where's the feeling? The feeling is still there. And then you try to go and come again and don't want to take care of them like you're supposed to. A virtuous woman is going to give to her family before she give to herself. A virtuous woman is going to make sure her kids have, she have nothing. A virtuous woman is going to give the kid the last piece of bacon, even if she got to go hungry. A virtuous woman ain't going to send her kids to school any kind of way. She will wear tore up clothes before she let her kids look tore up. Come on, if we're going to be women, let's be women. Women according to the word. I'm talking to saved folk now. Because the older women supposed to show the younger women how they supposed to be. Older women these days can't show the younger women because they're still trying to be young and flirtatious. High heels. Trying to find a man. Still trying to make it. Seeing which way they're going and don't know. Older women supposed to teach younger women how to live. And if there's any spiritual mothers in this place, spiritual mothers just like a mother. And when you have good mothers, you want to take care of them. You want to praise them because you know that all of that is coming from God. So when we talk about a virtuous woman, let's know what we're talking about. Don't give nobody a title that they cannot uphold or they're trying to uphold without him. You need God to uphold this title of being a virtuous woman. So many people speak on virtuous women in churches and people know they're laying with the pastor. They know they ain't even taking care of their household, ain't even fed their husband and feeding the pastor. This is, this is what they call a virtuous. Oh, she's like a ruby. She makes sure the pastor have. I bet she do. And he's well aware of this too. She making sure every man have something except her own husband. And the husband over there hungry, diabetic, about to pass out. <laughs> so what am I saying in the house of God today? Women, it's time out for foolishness. And I'm going to tell you something. And I'm going to say this, and I'm not saying this to brag or boast or whatever. I'm just going to say it. When a woman... Just like this woman here, she had a king and she was telling him how to choose a woman and what that woman should be. She was raising him in a way where he'll know do's and don'ts. So when she left his, her house, she know that he was well taken care of. You know, he could take care of himself. Women, you got to train your, even your sons how to cook, how to clean, how to do. Why am I saying this? Because when they get married, when that wife is down and she can't do it, that husband is doing it as well. My grandmother taught all her boys how to cook, how to clean. So daddy was cooking for us. He knew how to clean. He knew how to do what was necessary. And I can say with my dad sitting over here with his wives, daddy took care of them. He made sure that my last stepmother, I say mother that died, daddy was there getting, when she got her hair done, every appointment, daddy took her. I mean, people were thinking, wow, this man is really taking care of her like a caregiver because he knew what the word said. 
Nobody had to tell him what to do. And by the way, he never asked us to do anything for him, for her. He did it all himself. And this is what I'm telling you. When you come together as one, you don't want to get a man that don't know how to cut grass, <clears throat> don't know how to check oil, don't know how to even ball egg. Come on, because women, when you go down, somebody got to be there. That's why the other half is there. That's why you won. Women, you shouldn't be out there sweating on the lawnmower and he's sitting there watching sports. I got your sport. <laughs> Boom! Blow up TV. What you watching now? That was just a joke. I wouldn't do that. He know I probably wouldn't even shoot, right? I'd probably blow up everything except TV. But what I'm saying is, this is why you got women mad. Women, I'm going to leave you something today. Don't you get mad you married him. And husbands don't get mad at a wife that don't cook, don't clean. Don't be telling people all this. That's what you wanted. But it ain't too late for her. Come on. If you're in the Lord and you know what the word says, encourage her. Build her up. Love on her. Don't put her down. But getting back to this right here, when you raise a child, the way they need to be raised, I can tell you this. Jeremy back there. That boy right there. Whew. Any old way. Thank God for the prayers. When Jeremy began to have his children, of course, he didn't have them. But when he, after he got them, he made them and Quisha carried them. And guess what? When grand, when uh, kids make babies, where did they bring them? But this grandmama right here got her babies trained. Even the young little Yana say, Me, Ma, can I come to your house today? Not today. <laughs> Me, Ma, you studying? Yes, Yana, I'm studying. Mima, when you gonna come get me, Mima? When Mima get ready. I done raised mine. I'm letting them two right there know what it means. If you lay there and have them and Peter come out of your pants and Lucy was untied, now raise them. See, this is where parents mess up at. They feel sorry for the kids. Nobody felt sorry for me. Daddy, how many of my kids did, you, did I drop off of your house just to drop them off? Because I was raised by a grandmother who taught me how to take care of my own. So if you don't raise your kids that way and teach them how to take care of their own, they're going to keep popping them out. Pop. They ringing your door. Who there? Jeremy, you got a home? <laughs> Thank God he got a place he can go. But what I'm saying is, this, this jolly green giant right here, this jolly green giant right here, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all something. I know that he was raised well. Because when it comes to those two girls, he put them above himself. He may go to work 2 o'clock in the morning, but he makes sure, Mama got to see my girls before I go to sleep. He makes sure that they have what they have. And this is what the boy do when he'll leave them to the house. Mama, don't give Yana this. Mama, Yana can't have this until Yana eat. I said, boy, didn't I raise you? But then sometime I'll call him and say, what did you say about Jada? How much of this did you say? I, what you say, Quisha? <laughs> I don't want to overdose. 
But what do you say? Because I'm going to lay hands on So this is what I'm saying here. He is a good mother and a good father. Because not that Quisha is not a good mother, but the way I raised him, he shared with Quisha. See, when you work together in a home, you remember what your mama did. And the boy done got so good, he called me one night and said, Mama, I'm going to fix these coals up in the house. I said, what you going to do, baby? You know, we always call on Jesus. But Jeremy said, Mama, I'm going to get a potato. I'm going to put them on a pair of socks. Put the potato in the socks and it's going to draw the toxins out of it. He said, they say you can do an onion too. He sent me a picture of the potato. I said, Jesus. <laughs> but this is what he do when it comes to his kids. Why? He watched his mother. And if he have anything he need to ask, he'll call me and ask me sometime. But the funny part is he don't want to call me in front of Quisha. Because he don't want, this is a loving dad. He said, Mama, I don't want Quisha to feel like she don't know, but I need some help. <laughs> now, Mama, don't tell Quisha I call you because I don't want her to feel bad. I said, who thinking about Quisha? What's going on, boy? Ain't <laughs> nobody thinking about Quisha? What's wrong with my babies? <laughs> Quisha knows that's just what I do with her. So what am I saying? Even being a mother to my son, I have to be a mother to Quisha. I'm going to give you an example with this little Quisha, and I'm going to close. When I first met Quisha, Quisha was young. And I remember, y'all remember the first time she had Yana in her arms? Real little, we can't say that now. Had her in her arms, and she was thanking me and my husband for being there for her. This is what I told Quisha, Quisha my witness. Y'all, I love my son, but I ain't going to take sides. When you're wrong, you're wrong. I looked at Quisha one day. I said, Quisha, you're still young but you can still graduate, you can go to college, you can get a job. I don't want you to live off of a system because you can. I want you to be a woman to those children by yourself just in, in case he won't be a man, though I know he is going to be a man. I said, I want you to be able to support your children outside of what my son do. I said, because men can be dogs. I said, I ain't calling them a dog, but sometimes they can be a dog. I said, so I want you to grow up and to be that woman that you need to be. So don't put all your hope and trust in Jeremy. Don't make him your God because he'll fail you. The one that need to be your God is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you make him your God, though he make mistakes, you can still stand, baby. And today, Quisha back there. Quisha went and got a degree online. She finished high school. She's working. What am I saying? This is what my husband used to tell me, him and Jeremy. Hmm. Banda, every time Quisha hit that door, it's Quisha, Quisha, Quisha. Why don't you leave Quisha alone? I said, I ain't leaving Quisha alone until Quisha can get to the point to be left alone. Aren't y'all glad I keep messing with Quisha? I treat her just like a daughter. Why? Any other girl that I see that need help. I let them know, system ain't your name and it ain't your game. You make and use it for a while, but it's time to get off the system and be whom God has called you to be. Don't get on it because you can. Now, you can get on it when you need help. Don't get me wrong. That's what it's there for. But don't rely on it to the point that you cannot get a career. Women, you can have a career outside of what it looked like. You can finish school outside of what it looked like. Show your daughter. Show your son that it don't stop here. It don't stop at social service with gimme, gimme.
Jimmy. My name is Jimmy. You can get past that. Women, we were created to be a mother to the motherless. But we can't be a mother until we know how to be a mother. And that comes from God. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Last but not least, I want to honor some mothers today. And I'm honoring the mothers, and I hope they don't mind, that are 70 and over. Because y'all are very special to us at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. Y'all have gone through the years with some ups and some downs, and you have encouraged us, even me. So I want to honor you today with a little gift bag to let you know that we love you and we appreciate you greatly. And we pray that you continue to look to the hills for which cometh your help. Because your help come from the Lord. And these are the women I want to honor 70 and over. If I have missed any, please forgive me. First of all, I want to call up Miss Mary Simpson. Come on up, Miss Mary. My honor, me and Lee is not here, so I'm asking my Aunt Shirley to stand in her place. Um, Carrie. Carrie McIntyre. Can you please come up? And could I have Shirley Herman? Could you please come up? Mimi Best, can you please come up? Miss Dixie Bryant, can you please come up? And Miss Lily Leach, can you please come up? Did I miss anybody? That's 70 and above. Now, I want to say this with my aunt right here, Miss Shirley Jordan. She's standing up here for Amelia Lee. Because Shirley would say, now, you know I ain't no 70 yet. <laughs> I have to pick on my aunt. <laughs> Do, she said yes. She said yes. Ma'am, that looks at me. Could you, could you play the music, honey? Men, could y'all pass out these bags? We thank God for these women of God.